Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Numbers 31 through 32. Today, we open with what we are told is to be Moses' last mission for the Father. We will hear more from him as he authored Deuteronomy as well. The Father tells him to raise up an army, 1,000 from each tribe, to go against Midian in order to avenge Israel because of Midian's efforts and success in causing Israel to sin. Sinning is bad enough. But to cause someone else to sin is even worse. I will never forget the first time I read Matthew 5.19 with my eyes open to actually see what Messiah was saying. It reads, Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Did you catch that? Whoever annuls, relaxes, or breaks the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same. This is referencing leading others into sin, leading others to believe that they can treat the commandments like multiple choice. As a bonus round, read the verse directly before that one I just read and take time to digest what Messiah clearly stated he did not come to do. More verses to consider. Matthew 18, 6 reads, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Malachi 2, 8 reads, But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, said the Lord of hosts. Balaam It's important to know that the Midianites have an allegiance with Moab. We see in Numbers 31 that these Moabite women actually work together with the Midianites under the direction of Balaam to infiltrate Israel and cause them to sin. Numbers 31 verses 16 through 17 reads, Behold these, on Balaam's advice, caused the people of Israel to act treacherously against the Lord in the incident of Peor. And so the plague came upon the congregation of the Lord. Now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known man by lying with him. Numbers 25, 1 through 9 is a pretty graphic account of their debauchery as well. So you'll want to check that out. Now, this is also mentioned in Revelations 2, 14. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak, to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So why kill the children? This is something our Western mindsets struggle with. But it was a male child's duty, if his father were killed in battle, to avenge his father's death once he grew up. The Israelite men had just killed all of their fathers. Further, Have you ever seen those videos of the little kids in war zones being trained by terrorists to kill as many people as possible? They have hate taught to them from such a young age that it becomes the wheel that turns their whole lives. 
I'm not saying they aren't redeemable, but we've all been redeemed from many things. But we are speaking in generalizations here. These were people who, for many generations, had nurtured their idolatry, hate, and sin. It is a hard thing for us to consider from either angle, but the Father knew what these people were capable of when it came to leading Israel astray, and in His wisdom, He offered Israel instruction that would save them heartache and condemnation for them and their children as well. Did they heed this advice? Nope. And this group of people would go on to be a thorn in their side. We will read about their constant harassment in Judges 6-3, but we'll also see that Israel intermarried with these people and, as Yahweh said, began taking on their ways, worshiping false gods and committing great sins. This will eventually lead to the first mass divorce in the book of Ezra. As the people draw closer to entering the promised land, we will see an entire generation denied the ability to see it. But two key figures will go in, Joshua and Caleb. What's special about these two? Yahweh tells us that they sought him with their whole hearts. Numbers 32, 10 through 12 reads, And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob because they have not wholly followed me. None except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, it's hard for me to say, sorry, the Kenizzite, I'm tripping myself up now, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Now, about Caleb specifically, Numbers 14.24 tells us, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. About Joshua specifically, in Joshua 14, 8, we read, But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed Yahweh my God. Personally, this is something I need to check in with on a regular basis to discern the state of my heart. Am I wholeheartedly seeking him? Or have I managed to get distracted by the trappings of the world yet again? We are so prone to idols, to noble busyness, to chasing our passions. And when that busyness is noble and those passions seem to be helping good causes, we can chase them at full speed ahead and miss the fact that we're actually running away from the Father in our pursuit of them. Let's read a few verses about wholeheartedness. Deuteronomy 6, 5 reads, You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Matthew 22, 37 reads, And he said to him, You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Deuteronomy 13, 3, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And now, start watching for the pattern of behavior when we seek the Father with our whole hearts. Deuteronomy 36 reads, Moreover, Yahweh your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants 
to love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul, so that you may live. Deuteronomy eleven thirteen reads, It shall come about, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to Yahweh your God, and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Deuteronomy ten twelve reads, Now Israel, what does Yahweh your God require from you? But to fear Yahweh your God, to walk in all his ways, and love him, and to serve Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul. First Chronicles twenty eight nine. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For Yahweh searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Deuteronomy 4.29 But from there you will seek Yahweh your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Deuteronomy 30.10 If you obey Yahweh your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, if you turn to Yahweh your God with all your heart and soul. Deuteronomy 30, verse 2, And you return to Yahweh your God and obey him with all your heart and soul, according to all that I command you today, you and your sons. And Psalm one nineteen ten, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Y'all, I could go on and on. I encourage you to click this link in my notes and read more verses about wholeheartedness. But here's my point. We are instructed over and over that we are to seek Him wholeheartedly. And then we are given examples of what that will look like so we can use those to check the status of our hearts. Now, my problem is that I don't naturally do this on my own and of my own accord. I naturally veer towards the world because that's how living in the flesh works. And so each day we have to wake up and step in line with the Holy Spirit's leading instead. Our natural state is to satisfy flesh. So we have to set our hearts on Him each and every day, each and every moment. In the words of Joshua in Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have learned that this choice takes place daily. We have to realize that so that we take time to make our choice again each day. If we don't consciously choose the Father, the Bible shows us that our default is the world. Now, here's another neat thing about Caleb. We read in Numbers 32, 10 through 12, And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and he swore, saying, Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, none except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Did you catch that? Caleb wasn't an Israelite. However, 
Not only was he considered one of them, he had a special status among them due to his wholeheartedness toward Yahweh. And Yahweh not only considered him one of the inheritors of his promise, but specifically designated him as one of the chosen to pass over into the land. One law for the native and one law for the sojourner who is among you. Numbers fifteen, fifteen through 16 reads, For the assembly there shall be one statute for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you, a statute forever throughout your generations. You and the sojourner shall be alike before the Lord. One law and one rule shall be for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you. Yahweh means every word he says. And here we see a Gentile counted among the chosen because they chose to follow Yahweh with all their heart. Hallelujah. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.